This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Hello, this is Eric Rostad coming to you right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Today, I'm going to cover the book of Proverbs by King Solomon. The book of Proverbs is one of the 66 books that comprise the Bible. And the Bible is the first book on my reading list for this year. So I'm going to be reading 52 total books. And I started off with an 1800 page book, the Bible. Now, if you have a Bible in front of you and you just put your finger kind of right in the middle and open it up, you're going to be in Proverbs or very close to Proverbs. So the book of Proverbs is almost smack dab right in the center of the book. And it, I, after reading it, I, I thought, you know, I, I should do an episode on on the book of Proverbs. My plan had been to just wait until I finished the Bible and then to do an episode covering main themes, main ideas I saw throughout all the books of the Bible. But after reading Proverbs, it it was similar to some of the other books that I've read for this Books of Titans project in the sense that it's it's wisdom literature. But also, I, I got a lot out of it this time in reading it. And this is the first time I've read the Bible straight through, but it's also the first time I've read uh, Proverbs in such a short period of time. I've, I've read Proverbs a lot uh, over my lifetime, but it, it's usually either over a month or over uh, as part of a, a plan reading throughout the whole year. So this uh, this was the first time I've read it in a short amount of time, and, and I got some unique things out of it doing it doing it that way. This is the hundredth episode of the podcast. Uh, the hundredth book that's been covered on the podcast. So there, there are more than a hundred episodes because some of the episodes I, I talk about how to how to read more, how to uh, remember what you read, how to create a reading list, and, and then uh, podcast about how this project got started. But this is actually the hundredth book that I've covered, and so I was I was actually wanting to wait too to to have the hundredth book be the Bible, but. Uh, I just couldn't pass it up. So I want to discuss uh, Book of Proverbs today. If you're unfamiliar with the Books of Titans project, I started reading uh, this reading project in 2017 after reading Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. In that book, he interviews top performers from around the world, and he asks them a number of questions, but he asks them what their favorite book is and what their most gifted book is. Now, a lot of these top performers have read a ton of books, and so they have a hard time identifying favorite books. But when it's more rubber meets the road of what did you actually buy for other people, for your friends, for, for family members, uh, they, they can usually come up with a list of, of books they've given as gifts quite often. So when I was reading Tools of Titans, I made a list of those books. It turned out to be 120 plus books. And then from there, I chose 52 of those to read in 2017. Now, since 2017, I've continued on reading 52 different books per year, and now I get suggestions from all over the place, uh, but that first initial year was just books uh, suggested on the Tim, Tim Ferriss Show podcast, really, because that, that book was a compilation of, of different podcast episodes. So now there, there have been 400 different episodes of the Tim Ferriss Show podcast, and I keep a running list of all the books that have been suggested. No one has ever suggested the book of Proverbs, and maybe it's because it's part of a, a bigger book a, a, of the Bible. And so people, there have been some people who have suggested the Bible, and, and I'll mention who they are later in this episode, but no one's actually ever mentioned the, the just the book of Proverbs, just to read through the book of Proverbs. So I found that interesting. I mean, there is a ton of people who have suggested reading Seneca, uh, Marcus Aurelius, and, and other 
in that genre of, of wisdom literature. And in 2017, I read Maxims and Reflections, and then also uh, the, the Shortness of Life by by Seneca. So I, uh, and, and we discussed those on the on the podcast. So uh, there there have been other books in this vein, but the. Book of Proverbs is much older than than these other ones by Seneca and Marcus Aurelius. Uh, Book of Proverbs is is uh, almost three thousand years old now, so it's it's a neat book. And as I said, reading it this time, I I got a lot out of it. So I, I I'm going to share share some of that in this episode. And here's here's the structure for this episode. The fir- first segment will be an introduction to the book, who who the author is, who suggested it uh, in terms of who suggested reading the Bible from the Tim Ferriss Show podcast, and then my initial reaction to to reading it this time. Uh, the second segment, I'll, I'll cover some proverbs that you've probably heard before that are kind of in our, our, our cultural knowledge, and, and we, we hear them a lot, and then also some of the proverbs that, that I enjoy. And then just uh, some other themes that I saw kind of weave throughout throughout the book. Segment three is going to be my one key takeaway, my, my one thing. And, and I usually end out the podcast with this. It's the one thing that I, I always hope to remember from, from this book. So let's start. Let's go into segment one here. King Solomon, he is the author of the book of Proverbs. He is David's son. Uh, and that's David is in David and Goliath and David and Bathsheba. If you are familiar with those stories, Bathsheba is Solomon's mother. And King Solomon reigned over Israel from 970 to 931 BC or BCE. So it's almost, almost 3000 years ago. He is most famous for what he asked God for. So he, he was having a dream. God appeared to him in, in, in this dream and asked him uh, for whatever whatever he wanted. And Solomon replied with this. He said, I, I want a receptive heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil. Now, most people say he asked for wisdom, and he did, but the, the longer version of that was a receptive heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil. Now, when he asked the Lord that, the Lord was was very pleased with that request because uh, it wasn't for more money or to kill all of his enemies. It was uh, for this wise and discerning heart. And so the Lord replied, I will give you a wise and understanding heart. And then he also blessed him with material uh, abundance and, and all sorts of things. So King Solomon is known as being the wise king. So he's a good person to uh, to have, have uh, written the book of Proverbs. He didn't exactly write all of it. So uh, in, in, the, in Proverbs, we get, we get this, uh, the connotation that it's also a collection of wise sayings of the time. So it's not necessarily that Solomon wrote all of these, but, but that they were all collected and, and put together. Now, something else that King Solomon is known for is his famous judgment. And uh, this is the judgment of Solomon. Two women come up in front of Solomon, and and they have one child uh, between them, and and uh, both women are claiming that this is their child. Uh, one of the other children ha- was killed during the night, uh, the where the woman rolled over on them, I, I guess, and suffocated the the child. So there's one child. Both women are saying this is my child, and Solomon says, "All right, bring me a bring me the baby and bring me a sword, and I'm going to chop this child in half, and then you can each have half of of the child." 
And for many years, I didn't really understand why that was so wise. It, it kind of seemed obvious. But I think, actually, reading some of the other books for this reading project has helped me understand maybe why that was so wise. And, and I think what happened is Solomon hit the unconscious of both of these women. Uh, he didn't need to hear what they said after he made that comment because it was probably written all over both of their faces before they even said a word. So the woman whose child it actually was probably recoiled in, in horror. And then the woman who it wasn't her child was probably had this this facial expression of, hmm, that's, ooh, that, yeah, then we we don't, we both don't get a child. So it was probably Im immediately clear, but it, it tapped into an unconscious response. Like if both women are claiming with with their voices, this is my child, uh, you've got to tap into something else other than what they are saying in front of you. And it reminded me of, of the scene in the book About Face by Colonel Hackworth that was on the 2017 reading list for, for this project. And he used to do interviews. He was trying to find... Uh, uh, generals or or people to to serve with him, and so him him and, and another of his uh, colleagues would would conduct these interviews. And his Hackworth colleague would would be handling a a grenade in his hand, and they had taken out all the the gunpowder and the 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 dangerous parts of the grenade. Like it, it wasn't going to blow up, but the person being interviewed didn't know that. And so Hackworth is asking this this interviewee questions. And the colleague is is over on the side, just kind of fumbling around with this this grenade, and the the pin is pulled on the grenade, and and as long as it's in your hand, it's okay. But the the colleague drops the grenade on purpose in these interviews. The interviewee has no idea that this is not a live grenade, and so Hackworth wants to see what this interviewee does in that situation. Like there there's no time to think. A grenade's going to go off in three seconds. What does this person do? If the person jumps on it, they don't want him because that's uh, it's suicidal in in, in a way, uh, uh, and, and not the type of person that they they need for for this command. Um, if the person picks it up and throws it out of, out of the room quickly, then that's the person they want. If the person just freezes, they know that's not the right person. But they have tapped into an unconscious. The person does not. The interview interviewee does not have enough time to sit there and think through the options. It's the unconscious response, the the training over a lifetime of what that person is going to do. And that, I think, is what Solomon got in this judgment, is that he tapped into something that was immediate, that the women probably didn't have any control over how they responded. But when he said that, I'm just going to cut the child in half, and then you can each have half, uh, it, it, it tapped into that. Solomon, the other main thing he is known for is uh, having an abundance of, of wives. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I have one wife, and marriage is, is hard. And you multiply that by 700 and then throw in 300 other concubines. Can you imagine? I, I just go to my business training and, and think of the logistics of this all. Like, how do you even remember their names? And then a lot of these wives were foreign wives, so they probably had crazy names. Like how you probably have to have a team of people just trailing you all day as you walk around your palace and, and come across your wives to remind you, oh hey, this is uh, this is Jane, this is Judy. You guys have two kids together. Uh, one kid is in um, karate. I 
they don't have karate then, whatever. But like, think of all that would go into that. And that does not seem wise to me. So Solomon is known as the most wise person. I'm just going to go with that. But the 700 wives and 300 concubines, that, that does not seem wise. But anyway, the foreign wives whole thing, he, w- he was not supposed to be marrying foreign wives. They led his heart astray. And that ended up being the downfall of Solomon, as well as Israel. The kingdom split after Solomon uh, amongst his, his sons and was never the same uh, after that. So he had all those wives and concubines, but it was, it was not really a good thing. As for the book of Proverbs itself, as I mentioned, it's right in the center of the Bible. It was originally written in Hebrew. It, there are 31 chapters, and it comes right after the book of Psalms. It is wisdom literature, and the connotation is that these are collected sayings of the wise. And, and Solomon did not write all of them. Uh, there are even some Proverbs written by, by someone else, and I'll, I'll mention that in the next, next part here. Proverbs is a book of contrasts. And it, it's, it's important to keep that in mind as you read it. Uh, some of the contrasts are right next to each other, and some of them are chapters apart. So you might read one proverb that reads a certain way, and then uh, later on you read another one that's kind of the, the other side of the coin. But there, then there's also proverbs that are, are just two lines long. They're one sentence, and the first part is you know, the, the, good, the good thing, and then the second part is the, the, the wrong way to live. Solomon also wrote Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs, uh, also known as the Song of Solomon, which are which are also books of the Bible. So the sections, the way the way Proverbs is broken broken down, Proverbs one through nine uh, is it's kind of like a father talking to his son, like here is the wise way to live, son. Go go and do this. Uh, we also there's also sections where wisdom is personified. Uh, it's personified as as a as a woman. Uh, wisdom is calling out to the inexperienced. Wisdom is is out there for for the taking, um, but you you, ha- you have to you have to pursue it on on your side as well. So that's Proverbs one through nine. Proverbs ten through like twenty two and a half are these pithy statements contrasting right and wrong ways to live. So for for example, here's one: idle hands make one poor but diligent hands bring riches. So you have the wrong way to live on the top, idle hands make one poor. You have the right way to live on the bottom, but diligent hands bring riches. Uh, Proverbs 22 and a half to 29 are these continuation of these, these short pithy statements, but then also some longer form content. Uh, Proverbs 25, uh, at the beginning of that, it, the statement says, these are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of King Hezekiah of Judah copied. And King Hezekiah was king between 716 and 687 BC, uh, BCE. So that's like 150, 200 years after Solomon. So it's kind of cool to think that that these Proverbs were still being discussed at the royal court, that they're being read and, and talked about and and copied and put together. And, and so that, that's, uh, that was kind of, that's just a neat part of, of Proverbs that, you know, here, here are another four chapters or so that are, are just the collected sayings of, of, um, of Solomon. And then Proverbs 30, it, it says it's written by Agur, son of Jacob, and then Proverbs 31 of King Lemuel. And Proverbs 30, 31 is the proverb about a wife of noble character. 
As for who suggested Proverbs, uh, no one suggested it, but there have been some people who have suggested the Bible on the Tim Ferriss Show podcast. And they are Stephen Dubner, Ricardo Semler, Ryan Flattery, Sam Harris, AJ Jacobs, and Katerina Fake. I read Proverbs between January 31st and February 1st of 2020. So uh, over those two days, it, it uh, took me three hours, four minutes, and 34 seconds. In my version of the Bible, there were 57 pages, so that was 29 pages per day. I, I always like to contrast the the time it took me to read with what is the average amount of time someone spends, uh, the average American spends watching TV a day. And that number is four and a half hours. Now you combine that or or probably add to it with uh, time spent on the phone and you could easily get through the Proverbs in a day if you just put your phone down and didn't watch any TV. So three, you know, around the three hour mark and you can get through this, this entire book. As for, for my initial reaction, I was really impressed. I, I've read Proverbs countless times in my life, but I've never read it all together like this in, in a relatively short amount of time, just over, over two, two quick days. So the, the it, Proverbs is 30, 31 chapters, so I've done a lot in the past where I'll just read one proverb a day for a, for a month. Or it'll be part of a, a, a reading plan for the Bible for the entire year. So you might read a proverb and then read another one two weeks later, read another one uh, further on. Um, so this is the first time I've ever read it together. And in reading it together like this, it, it really helps you to see common themes, repeated proverbs, uh, ideas that really stick out. And I'm sure some people, if they read it over a long period of time, they, they would they would be able to put that all that together. But for me, reading it in a compact time period like that really helped me to see those those connections more. As for who should read the book, it's one of those, I mean, everyone should read it. It's, it's, it's nearly 3,000 years old. It's, it's wisdom literature. There are things that you, I mean, there, each sentence you could just sit and, and think about it for, for a long time. So it could be one of those books where it just sits in a place where it's easily accessible and then you have a minute here or there, you can pick it up, just uh, read a proverb and, and meditate on it for a while, think about it for a while. Um, or it's one that you can read through the whole thing and, and, and see common themes and, and common ideas. So if you're, if you're into wisdom literature, if you like Marcus Aurelius, if you like Seneca, uh, give the book of Proverbs a, a, a try as well. Um, I, I'm actually surprised it's not one that's suggested more. I'm going to read the introduction to Proverbs here. I am using the Christian Standard Bible version uh, translation. Here goes. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man. Let a wise person listen and increase learning, and let a discerning person obtain guidance. For understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. That, that ends the the introduction there. It's uh, it's quite a quite an intro. Here are six proverbs you probably heard at some point in your life. The first one: There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. Here's another one: A gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. This is probably the most famous one here. Pride comes before destruction. 
uh, other translations will have it pride becomes before pride comes before the fall. Another one, the borrower is slave to the lender. Uh, if you've ever listened to Dave Ramsey, that's like his life verse. <laughs> um, another one, iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. And number six, who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. Here are six proverbs I really like. Uh, the first one, where there are no oxen, the feed trough is empty, but an abundant harvest comes through the strength of an ox. I like that because uh, I, another translation, I think it has more of the connotation of, of if there are no oxen, you, you don't have to clean up their crap. Uh, but an abundant harvest comes through the strength of an oxen. So there's responsibility with having an ox, uh, but there's also the potential for abundant harvest. And so if you don't, if you don't move forward with that, there are going to be unpleasant unpleasantries associated with cleaning up after an ox, but there is also uh, abundant harvest that comes through the strength of an ox. A lot of, uh, a lot of different ways to, to think about that in, in, uh, in your life. Another one, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. Uh, now I would say that's, that's uh, pretty much social media today. Don't eat a stingy person's bread and don't desire his choice food, for it's like someone calculating inwardly. That one's just funny to me. Uh, I don't think other translations put it that way of, of somebody calculating inwardly. But if you've been around someone who um, you, maybe they're paying for the meal or, or something like that, and you can just kind of see in their head like everything you order. Ooh, that was that was a three dollar drink. Ooh that appetizer, you just kind of, is someone calculating inwardly. Uh, I, I loved how they put, how that translation put it there. Um, another one, <laughs> this one's, this one's funny. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness, or you'll be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his foolishness, or he'll become wise in his own eyes. So in this, in this one little statement here, don't answer a fool according to his foolishness, and then answer a fool according to his foolishness. And that, that, uh, some of the proverbs are like that, and and I I think it's cool because it's you think about it one way, but then here's the opposite side of of the coin, and don't answer a fool, but answer a fool, and if you need to do either one, here's here's the best way to to do it. Uh, another one: a lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth causes ruin. So some of the proverbs do that. It it, it makes you think of things in in a new way. Have you ever thought of a lie? being a, a lying tongue hating. Like if you lie to somebody, you are hating them. A lying tongue hates those it crushes. And then especially when you contrast it with, with this proverb, he who gives an honest answer gives a kiss on the lips. So a lying tongue hates those it crushes and an honest answer is uh, like a kiss on the lips. When you're giving a, a lying answer, it, it seems to appease the situation. But if you're giving an honest answer, sometimes that will, in the short term, make things bad for you. But the proverb here is that it is like uh, an honest answer gives a kiss on the lips. And there are a number of other proverbs that, you know, you, you, you can trust somebody that gives an honest answer and, and that, that is a true friend and, and, and along those kind of lines. But just uh, the lying tongue hating those it crushes and then contrasting that with, uh, with these verses about honest answers. Uh, very interesting. And the last one here, um, it kind of along the lines of, of self-help, the one who trusts in, him help, in himself is a fool, but one who walks in wisdom will be safe. I just think that's 
funny because a, a lot of the books we have now are, are self-help books and they're how to trust yourself and um, how to how to believe in yourself. And, and here's this proverb, the one who trusts in, him, his, in himself is a fool, but one who walks in wisdom will be safe. Those are the six proverbs I, I really liked while, while reading through it. Here are some themes that I saw throughout throughout Proverbs. One is justice and kindness to the poor. And back to this idea of, of there being contrast throughout Proverbs, kindness to the poor is contrasted with oppression. Uh, and then justice, there, there are different sides of justice. So there's the uh, one, one proverb, acquitting the guilty and condemning the just, both are detestable to the Lord. Uh, sometimes we'll, we'll hear of, of the, the innocent person uh, being condemned and, and the focus being on that, or, or, but, but here's one, acquitting the guilty. So letting the guilty go free and condemning the just are both detestable to the Lord. So just the, again, that, that both sides of the coin. And, and if you've been aware of a situation where, where someone commits a, a, a terrible wrong against somebody and the lasting influence is that the wrong committed against that person lasts a long time, but then the person who committed the wrong kind of gets off free. It's, it, it just irks you. Right. I mean, in, in, so I, I love that both sides of it are, are accounted for in these Proverbs. Um, another one along these lines is kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord and he will give a reward to the lender. Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord. That's, that's an amazing thing to, to think about just the, the, Deeds done to the poor, it, 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 it extends beyond just to that, to that person. Uh, another idea that comes up and one that we've discussed in this, this podcast, especially when, when Jason's been on uh, different episodes, um, is th this idea of J uh, Chesterton's fence. So G.K. Chesterton, he has this thing where he talks about, if you come across a fence, your first instinct should not be to tear the fence down. If that fence is keeping you from doing something, uh, maybe it's a law. Maybe you don't just go to that law and, and tear, tear away the law. Maybe first you ask, why was the, the law there? Why was it put there in the first place? And so Chesterton fe Chesterton's fence is, there's a fence there. Don't knock it down first. Ask why it's there first. But there are some proverbs uh, along these same lines of don't move an ancient boundary marker that your father's set up. And so that, that came up a, a few times in, in Proverbs. Another theme of skilled work and wealth will put you, uh, or, or skilled work will put you before kings. Uh, skilled work will lead to, to wealth, diligent hands. And so the, the one in, in particular that I like is a person's gift opens doors for him and brings him before the great. Another theme is the fear of the Lord. I will discuss that in, in segment three. And then another theme of pride. Uh, I mentioned that one proverb of pride comes before the fall, but then what pride is, is contrasted against. Uh, you have the basic one of pride versus humility, but then there's also pride versus the fear of the Lord. Uh, another theme, weighing motives of the heart. Let me read one here. This, this, is, this is really good. If, if you say, but we didn't know about this, won't he who weighs hearts consider it? So just just as that this idea of of there's an outward there's an outward action but there's also things going on inside there's your motivations and what about the motivation behind what what about the responsibility for that the the 
weighing the motives of your heart in, in actions and not just the, the action itself. Another one of, of, um, of having many counselors, there's, there's a lot of proverbs about surrounding, uh, especially leaders surrounding themselves with, with many counselors to, uh, to get different viewpoints and, and to not just go about decisions in a hasty manner. Uh, I've mentioned a lot of, of contrasts in, in the book of Proverbs, and that is an important part of it. Uh, one in that beginning section where it's kind of the father talking to the son in, in the, in the diff, in, about living the wise life, uh, there's wisdom is contrasted against a wayward woman, uh, kind of a, a prostitute. So wisdom is calling out, and then also the prostitute is calling out. And you get to, you, you choose, you, you know, you can go the way of wisdom or you can go the way of the prostitute. And it's just interesting to read these things being contrasted. Uh, one paragraph will be about pursuing wisdom. The other one is for the person who pursues the prostitute. And, and just thinking of that, of the, the different ways that you can go in life. And these Proverbs are dealing with, with life here. It's, it's, it's a how to have an effective life on earth. Um, I, I kind of think of it as the effective earthling uh, in, in contrast to the, the effective executive by, by Peter, Duck, Peter Drucker. It's, it's how to live an effective life and in a wise life and, and to pursue the path of wisdom and not to go down the other path. There, there's a decision at, at every point in your life for those things. One thing, I, 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 one other thing here I wanted to highlight in, the, in this uh, second segment is as I was reading Proverbs, I would write book titles, I would write movies, I would write things that came to mind for particular Proverbs. Uh, life experience, people, I would write people's names next to some of the Proverbs. And it, that was an amazing thing, especially the ones where I wrote books next to them, because some of the most profound books for this Books of Titans project have been those that are about suffering, uh, like the Gulag Archipelago, Man's Search for Meaning. And those are two books that I wrote next to Proverbs. And those Proverbs encapsulated the main points of those books. And in those books, you saw people do things suggested in Proverbs, and the result was almost otherworldly in the sense that in the midst of hell, in, in man's search for meaning, in the midst of hell, there were some people that rose above that, and they survived. In the Gulag Archipelago, there were people that rose above the mindset of just being the prisoner, and, and uh, they rose above to, to know that they were, their soul was being developed in the gulag. How does that come about? Uh, it was fascinating to me to, to, to see those connections and, and to see a whole book being written about these, these proverbs in a way of, of here's a proverb of, of how it's suggested to live. And then here are these books where someone did live that way. And the result was unbelievable and very impactful. Now on to segment three and the one thing, my one key takeaway from the book of Proverbs. Right after that intro that I read 
earlier, we have the statement that starts off Proverbs, and it goes like this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Uh, other translations have it, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's that's how I've most commonly heard that, um, that right after the intro. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, what in the world is the fear of the Lord? Is it fear like uh, trembling fear uh, of just losing all the all the color of your face and just being pale white in, in, in fear and fright? Is that the beginning of wisdom? What, what does that look like? What does that, that mean? And so I, I read that, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I just kind of made a mental note that's on the first page of Proverbs. And I decided I'm not going to look at Google. I'm not going to ask knowledgeable friends uh, what this means. I'm just going to make a note of that. And I'm going to read through the rest of Proverbs and see if, if what is this, if that, that question is answered later on. And it was, and it was answered in, in, a way that I, I wasn't expecting because there are a number of other verses that start off with the fear of the Lord is such and such, but none of the, none of those really helped me understand it either. But what helped me understand it is when I got to Proverbs 29 and there's the verse that says this, the fear of mankind is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. That first part really stuck out to me. The fear of mankind is a snare. And we're talking about Proverbs here with, with, with these, this idea of contrast, of, of, of continual contrast. So here is the contrast I think I was waiting for to, to understand deeper what the fear of the Lord meant. Because the fear of the Lord, I, I, I just couldn't, I, I didn't understand what that meant. But I understand very well the fear of mankind because I live that every day. I, I fear people. I think we all do to to some extent. We we fear what people think, we fear what they say against us, uh, what they say about us. We fear how what we said was taken by them, uh, how they view us. Uh, I know I fear other people's displeasure. So if I've if I've displeased somebody in a certain way, and so what what is the result of that? The fear of people is a snare. The fear of people is going to lead you to do things that are not wise. That's not the path of wisdom. Contrast that to the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That helped it click for me and, and helped it make sense. Because I know what fear of mankind looks like. What if, what if I can translate that to the fear of the Lord? What if instead of caring what mankind, what people think, and being ensnared in that constantly, what if, what if that shifts to the fear of the Lord? And what if that is the beginning of wisdom, as, as it says here? This kind of goes in deeper into, into how I've approached this entire uh, first book of my list this year of, of reading through the Bible. I, I have just a ton of questions as I'm reading the Bible. And I'm not 
stopping to to get the answer. Sometimes, like if I'm reading another book, I'll I'll put the book down. I'll go to Google, figure out what's going on, and, and then go back to the book. But what I'm trying to do is is write the questions I have in the margin, and then just leave them there, and see if if the answer is there later in the Bible, if it's even later in that particular book of the Bible. And here is one instance where where that 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 helped and in that that way of of doing of going about the reading of it uh helped me to see something i probably wouldn't have noticed if i had just gone right to google or or asking a knowledgeable friend of what in the world does the fear of the lord mean and so i love that that is my one thing that is something i will always remember from this particular reading of the bible that the fear of mankind is a snare i know all about the fear of people and I've, uh, of, of what that leads me to do. What if, what if I can now shift that? What if that can be shifted to the fear of the Lord? That'll help me understand what the fear of the Lord is. So I, I love that that happened. Um, and that'll be an easy one thing for me to remember because it, it, it was one of those light bulb moments when I, when I read that. To recap, uh, Book of Proverbs is is wisdom literature. It's it's a book you can you can read through like I did, where you just read it straight through, or it's one that you can just sit and chew on sentence by sentence. It could be a book you pick up each morning and just read one proverb and and think about it and and kind of have it on your mind the entire day and just be thinking on it the entire day, or it's one that you can read through quickly and and gather themes and, and ideas that, that weave throughout, throughout the book. I'd suggest reading it. As I mentioned, it, it, it took me three hours and I was going quite slowly and, you know, underlining and, and writing a lot of notes. So you could probably read it in, in less than three hours, but it packs a punch. It, it's going to make you think. And it's, uh, it, it, it might be the key to, uh, to pursuing knowledge and pursuing, pursuing wisdom. And, and, uh, if, if you do end up reading it, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. After the uh, recent episode covering the book called Generations, I had uh, someone reach out and we, we talked for an hour and a half by phone. And he just, he loves the ideas uh, put forward in Generations and the fourth turning. And so it was amazing to hear his passion about about those books. I learned a lot from him. So I'm serious about this. If, if, uh, if, something has struck you in this episode or, or you've read the Proverbs and you've gotten something out of it uh, and you'd, you'd like to uh, to talk to somebody about it, please email me, uh, eric with a K, E-R-I-K at booksoftitans.com. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. You can follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter. It's at Books of Titans. And the website is stock full of resources to help you find books to read and create a reading list. My goal for this reading project is to read more books and to remember what I read. My overarching purpose of this is to seek truth in the best books. So if there's any way that I can help you read more or to remember what you read, let me know. And there are a ton of, a ton of resources on the website to help you do that as well. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. The, the podcast is now released every other Friday. And so one of the upcoming episodes will be the Bible. Probably not the next one, but the, perhaps the, the episode after that. So until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out.